Syria A fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. We're back from Memorial Day weekend and an emotional toti day. And summer has begun. How has it started for you guys? Did you guys have a good weekend? Yeah, man. Weekend was great. Super relaxing. Didn't go out too hard. Uh, had a great day, especially yesterday outside. Went paddleboarding and everything. And somehow I managed last night to get two hours of sleep and just start the week just like any Monday. <laughs> Monday scaries instead of Sunday scaries. So it sounds like I have you guys beat. Uh, I was down south, first time ever in South Carolina and Georgia. And uh, for any of the podcast Paisani listening from Charleston or Savannah, kudos to your cities, guys. Have you guys ever been to those two cities? Yeah, man. You were, you were We did a whole thing oh, about right. when we went there for <laughs> the bachelor party to South Carolina. I forgot. I had to work that weekend. That's right. Uh, yeah. What was it? Uh Charleston, um, what would be hashtag Charleston Bachelor Party Derby? Yep, it was, uh, uh, and it's all coming back to me now, but just awesome cities, uh, kind of a European feel. Strongly recommend anyone going down to check out that stuff. Yeah, I, was, I went to Savannah for a bachelor party that was also St. Patrick's Day weekend two years ago. Yeah, they do that big down and, there. And yeah, I mean, Savannah, Charleston, big fan of both those cities. Yep. Saw a couple of real sexy pics of you on Instagram that you posted of you. Yes, watching uh, the game solo. So uh, yeah, the any uh, other Toti jerseys down there in, in Charleston? No, uh, a few Italians down there too, from what I gather. But uh, yeah, man, uh, kudos to the bar, um, Tommy Condon's uh, put the game on with sound for me at the uh, uh, like literally just sitting in there like the picture shows, just no one else in the room. That was pretty classy of them to just put the game on. So you didn't just ball your eyes out in front of anybody? You cried by yourself? No, I was there, and uh, during the game in particular, uh, um, was watching it and, and made a, a couple new friends and, and Roma fans, because everyone clearly knew I was watching the team in red and, and going nuts when we scored. And uh, just just crazy, uh, oh, the look at this crazy soccer fan, that how, type of How many times did somebody ask you who Tati is? Nobody did that, but you just Cody. I, a few people I could see them watching the game and just saying, "Oh, it's Roma," <laughs> you know, just stuff <laughs> like, like the that. City. Yeah, exactly. So they, so uh, new fans, but come one, come all. Uh, they're all Curve Americans now. We well, should take this opportunity to throw a shout out to Four Courts. Yes, we had a big uh, Roma Club Totti Day event, and they threw us some free food. We did a raffle. It was just. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, considering the result, and considering, you know, the, in hindsight, it was even better. Ended the game ended on a great note. The then the ceremony after, which we'll get to later, was was definitely something else. But yeah, I mean, that was that was the highlight of my weekend. You know, the the game Toti Day one last time. You know, Re uh, di Roma. You know, rides off from the sunset. And uh, I was so emotional that I ended up getting a tattoo. Yeah, I was going to say, that was probably the highlight of your weekend, no? A new, yeah. fresh Roma tattoo? Yeah. Well, my uh, my mom just had a really awkward rate and comment on the podcast, which everyone can go for sure check out, which chronicles actually my own birth. So my mother, wonderful, beautiful lady that she is, still finds ways to try and embarrass me in public, even at 33 years old. Um, so, Mom, yes, I got a tattoo this weekend, but um, <laughs> I was waiting for the connection there. No, yeah, no. well, I just know that she's well, listening. Okay, so, uh, gotcha. uh, uh, now you can update my uh, convalescing grandmother that what I did this weekend was get a Roma tattoo. Hadn't had one before. I had the SBQR, which I actually got with my cousin in Rome, and this one I was like, I, you know, I got to do something. You know, I got I got to go. I got to go all out. So I went and I got the uh, the Lupo. Uh, sorry, the Lupa tattoo uh, on my arm, the the vintage classic Roma logo that's on the away jersey this year um, on my shoulder. Very cool, man. Not Very to be cool. one up by Xander though, who got like this amazing AS Roma. That's right. Logo. So I guess like if you're in Rome, he was in Rome. He went to the game um, amongst doing things like being on Snapchat. Uh, 
you know, he uh, uh, apparently at the Rome, Rome tattoo parlors, they can come out with uh, some pretty crazy logos. He he won up to me, but I'm, I'm still pretty happy with mine. So two new tattoos for uh, DC Roma Club fans. Uh, well, well done, guys. Um, want to switch gears uh, to some uh, U.S. stuff. So first of all, we had Memorial Day. We tweeted out, of course, uh, we thank any podcast paisani, cover Americans out there who have served the country. Thank you for your service. Um, but always always uh, um, important to remember uh, what the country's about. So we wanted to mention Memorial Day. On a lighter note that is also kind of patriotic, Top Gun 2, before Marco's time here, uh, is going to be a real thing. So Highway to the Danger Zone is, is going to happen. Kenny Loggins hopefully coming back for the sequel here, uh, just like Tom Cruise is uh, from that 1980s movie. What do you guys think? Richard Whittle deserving of a cameo in that? Uh, I think the remix should definitely have the like the highway to the danger zone with with a Richard Whittle voiceover. I like yeah, how you're thinking, yeah. yeah, man. So big news there. Uh, uh, he liked our tweet with that. So hopefully, uh, any of our our listeners out there in Hollywood, hopefully you can make that happen for for us and Richard Whittle. Uh, keeping it still patriotic, guys, we've got the daughter of the President of the United States, Ivanka Trump. Uh, she was in Italy, obviously, for uh, the G7 uh, summit, and uh, apparently thought an OTFR legend, Canalia, was a Catholic saint. They had a uh, painting of him up on a wall, and uh, she was like, who's this saint? And, and everyone had to say, oh, no, he just played for Napoli. Uh, Not Napoli. OTFR. Oh, right. Sorry. OTFR. Yeah. I'm mixing up my sky blues. Uh, yeah. So what do you guys think of this? Uh, are we giving OTFR sainthood for... Uh... It all makes sense now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course, the uh, 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 the Trump family is eating in OTFR establishments in, in Rome. Yeah. Uh, it, it all makes sense. Well said, Marco. For those... All the Slytherins. For for those who are listening, uh, Canalia, he's a former uh, New York Cosmos player. So ESPN did a story on uh, the Cosmos, and he was kind of uh, an interesting player, to say the least. So uh, ch- check that out on ESPN for, for Canalia, uh, just as a reference point. Switching to summer plans, guys. We've got NBA Finals coming up. What are the chances we're going to see any Italian Serie A players sitting uh, uh, courtside and the chances of them actually getting uh, recognized here in the States? Well, zero chance of them getting recognized. I think you're I, right. I think I think that like Toti or Iguain or Gigi Buffon or whoever, you know, they're they're not going to notice who. Like Griezmann went to a game in uh, in Cleveland, and I, I don't think anybody recognized him. Right. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, unless social media had it recorded, there's no yeah, reason. Yeah, how many people in Cleveland are like big Lagoon fans? Mm-hmm. Like, Dude, oh, if Buffon went to the game to to the playoffs. People would definitely be hyped. I feel like I don't think Buffon so. is just world renowned. Yeah, just well, like they, I mean, they, they just put out the uh, uh, ESPN just put out the hundred most famous athletes in the world today, that. and yeah. you know, Cristiano Ronaldo was number one, um, and LeBron James is number two. But I looked on there, and I don't think there's a single Serie A player that's, a that's recognized in the top one hundred most famous people in the world. There's a bunch of soccer players. Yeah, it's like forty eight are soccer players. Gabriel Jesus, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, oh no, Danny Alves. Danny Alves was in like the top thirty five. Yeah. As, as but I mean, even Danny Alves, I don't know. Are if you he telling was. me Pirlo wasn't on there? No, Pirlo was not on there. Yeah, a few Maybe years he ago. Was. I don't know. I didn't study it, yeah. but oh, he man. should be. He should I'm be top pulling 10. up the list right now. I'm fact checking <laughs> you. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, thank God there'll be some excitement to watch because I, you know, the, the NBA Finals, I say actually this Thursday, Game 1 of the NBA Finals, is when the actual NBA season starts. I think you're right on it that. Was, it, was a, it was an absolute collision course yep. for this from the beginning of the season. Yeah, pretty pumped about it, though. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. pretty pumped. If it turns out to be a good series, the NBA redeems itself. If it's, a, if it's disgusting... And you know, like the Cavs are get knocked out in you know four or five games. Like it's the NBA is no longer worth watching. Yeah, it settles in nicely for us now that Serie A is unfortunately over, and we got summer plans. So dovetailing right into NBA Finals. But guys, we've got Confederations Cup this summer for us, the International Cup of Champions. So we've got Juve and Roma in the states. 
But not much else going on this summer, so... Uh, well, no, I mean, the International Cup of Champions, UVA and Roma coming to the States is enough, man. Yep. And everybody out there in podcast land, stay tuned for a big event, a big announcement that's coming up for uh, Crew of America at the July 30th Juventus-Roma game um, in Boston. We're definitely going to do some hard for that. But I heard that uh, the Tottenham-Roma game, the Men and Blazers guys, uh, the, 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 the guys who nursed us from the cradle when we were in our infant stages of the podcast and gave us that wonderful advice at the Laughing Man Tavern um, before our first episode. Man, we can, we can have a showdown with them? We'll, we'll see. We're, we're wondering. We're going to have to reach out and see if they're going to be there or not. But uh, I, I imagine oh, I, if I they're in their back, back, uh, backyard, I imagine Men and Blaze is going to do something for the Tottenham Roma, Roma game. So we'll, uh, we'll see on that. So... Until we see uh, Men and Blazers uh, up in New Jersey, let's get to our own social media, guys. We've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. All of our social uh, media handles are at CurveAmerica, all one word. We're also on ASRoma360.com. Uh, for the podcast tab, you can find the and listen to us there. Guys, as always, like, yes, um, like Mrs. Burns. Marco and Chris's mom, please write and comment <laughs> on the podcast. Let's yeah. get that happening. Let's see if they're as loyal listeners as your mom is. In, in, in English, Fulvia. <laughs> All right. And so uh, we've already gone over that we do have a new iTunes comment. Thank you, Mrs. Burns, for that. Guys, let's settle in. Uh, what are we drinking this week? Uh, courtesy of Tad and the city of Baltimore. Charm City, huh? Yeah, I, I saw that there's a Baltimore IPA. I usually like to try every IPA that I haven't tried. This is the 206 IPA from the Oliver Brewing Company. Honestly, I don't remember where I bought this in D.C. Um, over the Memorial Day weekend, but I have it now. 206 West, West Pat Street has been their home for over 20 years. So I think nice, fruity, citrusy uh, IPA. Uh, I, I enjoy it. All right. We're enjoying it, too. Thanks for supplying, Tad. Hope everyone can sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast. Here we go with the rundown. The King of Rome, Francesco Totti, plays his last game for Roma, causing the whole world to cry like babies, including us here at Curve America. The side story of the game is that Roma stays second and gets the automatic Champions League spot. Napoli put another hurting on yet another team, but it's too little too late. And Empoli complete their epic collapse and give safety in Serie A to the much more deserving Crotone. Chris got to buy that jersey now. That's right. There were some other games played, but Curve America looks forward to the one last Serie A-ish kind of game that matters. The Champions League final featuring the old lady in Juventus. Guys, let's do it. We're going to start, as always, with the top five. All right, as always, for the entire season, guys, we start with Juventus. They're in first. They played Bologna, finished 2-1, and the perfect end to the Juve Serie A season. Perfect end to Juventus' season. They have nothing to play for. They, they bring out the bench warmers. They go down 0-1 away to Bologna. They pull it back 1-1, and then their 17-year-old future superstar, Keane, scores one in stoppage, this time, stoppage time. 2-1. And Juventus just has to go out with three more points. And that's their season right there in a nutshell. I love it though, man. It's a, you got that winner's mentality. And, you know, I think I, I saw a bunch of starters that you're going to see starting in the Champions League. Yeah, there was also bench players. But, you know, I think there's there's something to be said about having some consistency going to a final like you know in the champions league final you don't just rest your entire team you know what i mean yeah for sure and future ballon d'or and top 101 um famous athletes in the world uncle Gigi buffon is going to get he will play and will be able to make more of a name for himself in the biggest match of the entire year for anybody guys we got the champions league final coming up this saturday 245 so guys we got real madrid we got juventus um 
I'd say this is Serie A versus La Liga. The winner gets more coverage next season on BN. That's how I would settle this one. Yeah, but that'd be nice. They're gonna they're gonna turn Real Madrid TV, that is BN, into Juventus TV if they win. Yeah, I I would uh, support that uh, at least because we get to see more Serie A games that way. What, yeah, why don't why don't we just go ahead and contact the the UAE representation? They'll send a delegation over there. And say, hey, we need to make this bet. That's that's where I fall on this game of just, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm begrudgingly, uh, I guess, pulling for Juve. But hey, if the best team in Europe plays in the league that I follow, I still say that's a good thing. It's going to be a big game. I'm honestly just looking forward to see Juve shut down Ronaldo. He's going to be crying, diving, whining. In fact, I think that Dani Alves, who had done a great job of shutting down Ronaldo, you know, while he was at Barcelona, shutting down, I say, you know, kind of in quotation marks here, because Ronaldo's obviously always done well and scored many goals. But you can't stop him. You can only hope to merely contain him. Well, they know they know each other, and I think that this is the perfect matchup because, man, you got probably the best offense in the world right now against the best defense so, so you guys think these are the two best teams in europe you think you think the champions league tournament got it right this year we don't get a backdoor cinderella team think no the- i i don't know I, I i don't like playing those games that you play the games and that's how they end up i i still think we're, we're going to talk about napoli they got knocked out to this team but they were a fun team to play i think they could have made a run at it they just got seated a certain way and they got knocked out but these are the two best teams yeah, in europe. i think these are the two best teams in europe mm-hmm. i think the only other really that would give them a run for their money this year would be you know Bayern and Barcelona and Barcelona obviously is a little underwhelming for, by their standards and they get knocked out by Juventus but I think you have two teams you know I mean the Juventus looking for the treble like you said top flight defense with a, you know an amazing attack I think and dynamic attack against a Real Madrid team that's just about as blue blooded as you get on the world stage I mean the mighty giants of Real Madrid. So what's the matchup you guys are looking for in this one? Just straight up offense versus defense? Yeah, that that's it for me. I think that, you know, if Bale plays, you got the BBC versus the BBC, you know? And it's just, I think, the way Juve's built from the back up, they're just going to be containing, 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 and then hoping that Dybala... And Iguain come up with some magic. And honestly, I think Juve pulls this game out 2-1. to one. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, trouble for Juve. I'm hoping Dybala, uh, particularly because he just signed a new contract with Juve, I hope he stays and he has a big game as a rising star uh, in our league. I, I, I hope for that. I think, I, I don't know, maybe it's, I'm biased because I've been watching Serie A and, and Juve all season. But uh, for a prediction... Kim, are we allowed to have the same 2-1 in Juve's favor? That that sounds about right to me. Well, you guys jumped the script on this. I didn't ask for predictions yet, so shame on both of you because I had some mm. follow-up questions here. But no, anyways, you know, it's tough to count out the reigning champions. Um, the, the, you know, the one question I'd have is I think that, you know, Zidane, is he, is he able to outcoach Allegri in this instance, or is he the type of guy... That just relies on the horses that he has. Um, I, you know, as, as many shutouts as Juventus has pitched this year, I think shutting out um, Real Madrid in this game is next to impossible. Um, but I do think they get them, them one themselves. I'm going to say that Juventus loses this game. It's one to one, and they lose in penalties. Wow, interesting. Super, you know. A really important player of this match is going to be Mandzukic. You know, we've talked about him for like the past three or four games in the Champions League. The work that he puts in on the wing is crucial for this team. Uh, He just is a workhorse. He's going to be pestering the right side, Carvajal. He's going to be pestering whoever, you know, wanders out there. He's going to be tucking in, running back, winning headers, looking for the assist. I mean, he's all over the field. And then the other thing is the midfield battle. I can't tell you how crucial Marquisio is for this team. Um, You know, we can't say enough. Uh, So if Marquisio is able to take control of the middle as well, I think that you is going to be in good shape. 
Yeah, the good thing about this game, though, is it's. I don't think it's going to be one of those championship games where one team totally outmatches the other. I think it's going to be two great teams playing at or near the height of their power. Um, I think that Banucci is going to be able to to, to lace one in there to a, a Manzukic or Dybala or Iguain. They're going to get that goal. I just I just don't see Real Madrid losing. I hope I'm proven wrong, but uh, I got to be contrary, guys. I think uh, it's a good place for any Curve Americans uh, interested in this game. You're either going to support Serie A or go against Juve. I think either one makes sense. Uh, we, we've heard from the comments and, and uh, certainly discussed it in previous weeks that uh, people certainly have their opinions on whether it's okay to support a rival in Juventus in the Serie A uh, or to uh, you know pull for Italy in general. So there's definitely something, there's a reason for you to watch this game in addition to the be and bet. <laughs> what, one, last, one last question on this guy. So, so if, let's say, clean sheet Juventus, is Gigi Buffon seriously a Ballon d'Or contender? Yeah, and he's got to make a couple big saves in there, but I definitely think so. I mean, you win the the treble at age 38, right? And uh, you win everything. You've won the World Cup. Uh, didn't Cannavaro get the Ballon d'Or after the World Cup? You know, I think it's time a goalkeeper gets one too. So it's uh, definitely possible. Tell you what, though, Ronaldo's had a hell of a year. Yeah. So if Gigi Buffon gets the, sh- you know, has big save, clean sheet, wins the treble, do you think it's time for him? He can he can start not sustaining the rage as much. He can re up that uh, that wine intake. He should always He's sustain gonna... the rage. Sustainere la rabia. I think I think you're right. I think he should be in the running for this. Uh... The fact that he's had so many clean sheets in Champions League running up to this, in addition to uh, that he's playing for the treble for his club, uh, those those are two. Uh, those are a couple reasons why uh, I think he's got to be in in the in the conversation. All right, so for all the Juventini out there, you've got an exciting weekend. Uh, hopefully, you guys get the treble. We'll see. But the big story finishing out this season, guys, has to be the club we follow, the club we love, is Roma and Genoa. This one finished 3-2 <laughs> with a heart attack that went along with it. Uh, Roma pulls it out, maintains second place in Champions League, finishes out the season strong. Let's jump into the game first, and then we'll get into all the Francesco Totti stuff as well, guys. So the the part I wrote in there is uh, the game. Is Roma being Roma? This is why it is so tough to support this team because you do just, your throat, your heart is in your throat the whole time. We open up with a Genoa 16-year-old scoring in the first four minutes. How does this happen in the atmosphere with Roma not being hyper aware of everything that, hey, if they get a 3 nothing early lead, Toti comes on as soon as possible? How on earth do you let a 16-year-old score this early in the game? You take your mind off, uh, I don't know, you just lose focus. And, you know, credit to the 16-year-old. He made a great run and he finished it. He held, he kept his composure under the eyes of 70,000 Totti-loving fans. And uh, you mean uh, Roma Pe- does it again, man. Pellegri, the 16-year-old Pellegri. You're like, who is even that guy? Well, because... How many 16-year-olds in the I'm just going to call him the 16-year-old. Yeah. Well, I think Roma should buy him immediately. (laughs) I mean, just just buy that guy because the last person who made their goal, their debut for Roma at 16, gets honored in this game. You know, what if this kid turns out to be from Roma? He probably isn't. But, I mean, I just buy this kid. Get him on the team. Sign him up. He's obviously has just cast iron stones to roll in the Stadio Olimpico. He played five minutes the whole season. Yeah, I, I just think it adds a little bit of insult. Nothing against him in particular, but for the Roma defense and, and just the Roma team mentality, letting someone in who has such little experience score in one of the biggest games in, in seriously, club history, uh, that I think just his age and his experience... Uh, just dust Manolas, too. Yeah, yeah. So we start off uh, the game like that. Fortunately, uh, we've got Checo. Checo, the capo Cannonieri. He gets a goal. In my opinion, guys, this kind of encapsulated his whole season. There's a beautiful delivery, only for the shot to go off the post at first. But the ball does come back, and he does a diving thrust, 
scoring with his unmentionables, and uh, that enters him into the Capocannonieri discussion at this point. He finishes with 39 goals. That's never been done in the Serie A season. Throughout all competitions. Throughout all competitions, correct. Uh, so um, I guess what did you think of the goal and, and Checo's season here for uh, Capocannonieri? Well, you're right. It's it's pretty much a Jekko goal where um, he doesn't score in a fancy way, but he gets himself in position, fights hard. I mean, you obviously got to fight hard to end up with 39 goals across all competitions. And you know what, man? It says to a lot to the character of Jekko and, and the coaching of Spalletti this year. This guy was the laughing stock, the absolute laughing stock. So much last year in the Serie A, so much so that you are still unwilling to give him max credit you chris ross you know for the amazing season that he's had right i i uh their the work rate and everything i think i think jacko no matter what anyone ever says about him is the all-time cross all competition single season goal scorer and the capo canon yeti for roma i totally agree metrics matter and credit where credit's due uh, if, uh, so long as the goal uh, the ball crosses the goal line it's a goal i totally get that my thing is with Checo, when you compare how they're going in compared to someone like uh, Mertens or somebody who we'll talk about Napoli in a second, of just pure class. I mean, just, just it's beautiful to watch how, how he has scored his goals versus watching Checo all season where it bounces off his shoulder, it bounces off mixed in, admittedly, with some, some fantastic shots. But uh, I think on the whole, um, congrats to Checo for the Capo Cononieri. The ball goes in. They're not always the prettiest goals. I think if you go back into any goal scorer's season, you'll see that half their goals are going to be scrappy, and then the other half are going to be incredible. It's just it's just what happens when you're when it's your season. It's your season. Things just bounce and fall in, and it seems lucky, but it's not lucky. You're the Capocannoniere, and you're making history. Jacko, man, we said it from the beginning of the season. Jacko, 2017. 2016, 2017, president, you know, if only he was running in the U.S. And Trace Burtons would trade his season for him with, with Jacko any second. All right. Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that more, uh, I think, too, in, in the Napoli section and also next week. But that does uh, get, get the tie going for us. And so it's 1-1, feeling somewhat good. But fortunately, the future captain, De Rossi, he gets a goal, and guys, there's a, not controversy, but uh, both he and Francesco Totti were both near the ball here that, like, if we're talking about this Cinderella run, Francesco gets on, on the field, and he's going to score one, the, the, the go-ahead goal here. Did you guys think of that at all uh, uh, when you were watching the game, or just the point is punch it in and, and take the lead? Yeah, take the lead, get the goal. I, your two captains... You know, both going for it. I don't think at that point they're aware of where each other one is. And um, I'm just happy I wasn't in the bathroom for this one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I thought about it. Imagine. Imagine if Derossi let it go and thought he scored what that would look like. Um, but you know what? It set the stage for a crazy end of the game. And, uh, well, we'll talk about that right now. Yeah, well, uh, you would think that, sure, all right, we're up 2-1. We're going to go ahead with this, but... This is Roma, guys. And Roma being Roma, this is going to happen again. Chesney and Fazio both get beat on a lob shot, like minutes after DeRossi's goal here. I actually was in the bathroom for that. Uh, I came back, and it was 2-2. Two two. You're lucky. I just, I'm so angry with Chesney. And I, I, as soon as I felt that, uh, I thought, man, he must be dying inside right now because he's feeling like, Francesco Totti's game, Francesco Totti's final game. I just ruined it on my watch. And we need three points to go second. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I felt for him, but you just shouldn't have gotten beat. This was terrible defending on Roma, and we're tied up again. Which, to Tad's point, means that we're not staying in second place. A tie is not good enough in this. Fortunately, we finally have a reason to all get neck tattoos, guys, because Perotti out of nowhere gets across. Gets a little chip pass and he just rifles it home on on a lob uh, on a volley and uh, the crowd goes nuts. I went nuts. I mean, I definitely made some friends down in Char- in uh, Charleston watching this game uh, with with Perotti. Uh, made me go nuts at this point in the game. So, what'd I, you think? 
I got a bloody lip from from celebrating. I just blacked out and I woke up, and everybody on Roma Club was just screaming. It was amazing. What an amazing feeling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ninetieth minute too. Have to have it. Everyone is like, "Oh my, oh my God, Roma is going to pull a Roma." They're going to draw Genoa home. On Totti's last days. Like, sell on, out. Man. Sell out. And Diego Clip Art Perotti just <laughs> comes through with his weird hands and all. Amazing. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, and, and that's the game, man. I mean, just I, I really couldn't take it. I was so gassed at the end of this game for just the back and forth. But Roma finishes it off. We secure second place. We've got guaranteed champions. You'd money have to say, in. yeah, you've got Champions League money that isn't going out the window now. It's guaranteed. I think it's about 30, yeah. 30 million. Okay. It's 35 million. So uh, we got that. So that means we're probably not selling players like we probably had to do last year. So would you guys say then, since we secured it, is has, given that we didn't advance, we didn't get to Champions League, we didn't win the title, has this been a successful season for Roma with a second place finish? I Absolutely. You know, I think the goal was to win, but look, Juventus is just having a, this a season of, you know, just history-breaking season. They they could potentially be getting the 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 treble and any team that's going to the Champions League final after waxing out, you know, Barcelona. It just it just goes to show what type of team you're up against. And so the goal is always to do better than the season before. I think Roma did very well this season. Spalletti did well with the team. He made some mistakes, but yes, this was a success. Well, toe to toe with Juventus, were equal. I, it can be a failure and a, and a success. It can be both those things, because when the going got tough, we got going at the end and managed to salvage this. Didn't have everything fall apart. There are still going to be, I mean, yeah, and we scored more points than we did last year, scored more points than we've ever scored. We had the Capo Cananieri. Our team looks like it's poised to compete as, you know, as long as our team doesn't get dismantled, you know, as hard or harder as they did this year. But the Porto loss, the bow out at Lyon, and then getting knocked out of the Copa Italia by OTFR are three just awful tastes in our mouth. Um, regardless of you know the Toti situation, how you feel like he was treated at the end, him leaving obviously is a huge depressing point. But them securing second is an achievement, um, and there's success in that. But success coming after it's a success coming at the end after three significant failures. It feels like a relief to me. It just this Tad those those tastes in our mouth, just one after the other. We had like a three week spell there. We're just like. This is a disaster. This is so bad that uh, the fact that we could secure second place, I feel like, is is a positive that you can take out of the season. And I, I feel right now like we've succeeded this season. That it feels that way. So we'll we'll uh, we'll see. There's a lot of room for debate on that, but it feels good knowing that we will be in Champions League next next uh, season, uh, guaranteed spot in the group stage. So the the story that even made the front page of the New York Times, uh, Francesco Totti saying goodbye to a living legend. He played in this game, guys. In the 55th minute, he comes on. What did you think of how he played during the game? I mean, he comes on and he does his thing. You know, he's probably extremely emotional, as composed as he always is. Almost grabs the goal if Dittlesy wasn't so greedy. And uh, really, no, just... <laughs> yeah. I was expecting maybe... Rips the captain's armband right off of Toti, kicks the goal, says it's my time, Francesco. No, I was expecting maybe a couple more magic balls, but he did have one beautiful one into, into Sharawi. You know, he played well. Yeah, I agree. For a guy um, who's 40 years old coming on in his last appearance ever, was it Kobe Bryant? 81 points or however many Kobe scored. Well, he scored 60 in his final game. Scored a whole bucket load of points. Um, you know, I thought he came on. He contributed, and he was on the field for uh, two comeback, come-from-behind goals to win this game. So, Yeah, I, I was watching keenly during the game to say, like, look, this is his final game. 
how does he look out there? Can he, you know, can he still hang? And uh, I was following too on on Twitter our, our friends at Chiesa di Toti. I agree with this. Toti had four key passes in thirty-seven some odd minutes in the game. He looked like he still had some really good touches out there. Like he could play. He could play. And so uh, I thought it was a success for that. That like, you know, we're gonna get into it now. But but just. Uh, how many other 40-year-olds out there are really dominating anymore? He's noticeably slower than everybody else. I, I think you he's can... He's noticeably slower. You, you can't, even as Roma fans, you have to concede he's lost his step. Anybody would at age 40. But uh, he he still has moments of... it's there, There's a there's a flicker there. There's mm-hmm. still something that's still there. Yeah, obviously his teammates feel comfortable passing it to him in any situation. He knows where the ball's going before it gets to him. Um, but as far as hanging for another full season at his speed, at his age, it's really tough to say. Yep. So, uh, I thought, uh, I think that's a, a good way of putting, uh, the end of the game. He, he played well, but it's not the Francesco Totti of, of, uh, the past. I tell you what though, I would allow you to pick a finger, not my thumb, but I allow you to pick a finger to chop off if I could trade Totti scoring in that last goal in the 90th minute yeah. for Diego Perotti. Yep. Um, Ridiculous. I, I, it, yeah, there's no way to... There, I, it's it's unimaginable. It would have just been too perfect. So, how, how many times, though, people were like, Jekko or somebody was going down the box? Yeah. I mean, how you're just like, come on! Calcio di rigore! Like, if Totti would have come I in on the PK. On the PK, yeah. Yep. Uh, so, happy, happy that Roma gets the results. Uh after the game, after we're celebrating Perotti's goal, we do have a post-game ceremony. It has Francesco walking around the stadium. I, I thought this was like the one time where I appreciated that there was like a track around Stadio Olimpico that like he could walk around and be close to the fans. Um, but he walks around and, and pays homage to uh, his fellow Romans, um, thanking them, looking at the uh, 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 banners and things like that. What were you guys thinking when that was when this was all going on? I was just thinking, man, like it's just never going to be the same, you know. I saw this guy, he my whole life following Roma, it's it's been Totti, so it's going to be different now. Uh going to have to Yeah, I don't know. You've always felt safe, you know? It was like it was like living near your parents. You know, you always felt like no matter what, you know, the season could go terribly but you always have Totti on the bench and you know everybody's a reference point too I spent my whole life trying to convert my friends to be Totti fans and Roma fans and everybody knows Totti not everybody knows about AS Roma everybody knows about Totti in the soccer community yeah matter of fact the bar I was watching this game at I was wondering you know do you guys know who Roma is or anything like that I said well this guy on my jersey Totti uh you know it's his last game he's been there since like 25 years like this is like cal ripkin of of italian soccer and they're like oh yeah i know that guy i used to have a video game with toti so they all knew who toti was they didn't know roma necessarily but between the world cup and and uh, video games they all know who toti was so yeah i remember thinking while he was walking around the stadium that i had definite periods of time where i took him for granted that i was not cherishing what i was watching there are times, you know, I I didn't witness every single touch. I didn't study every single second. Like, I didn't know what a good thing I had until right at this moment when it was gone. That, um, you know, you always just expect that it's going to be one more year. And it'll be another moment down the road that you're going to have to deal with the fact that Francesco Totti. Because how many people out there, like Marco alluded to it, that they've never known a Roma without Totti. Like, I mean, I haven't. I've only been a Roma fan for like 10 years. But, you know, how many the guys in the Roma club, like, there are guys who were, weren't even alive when Totti started playing for Rome. I mean, how many people that are having to deal with that? And, you know, the last Scudetto Rome ever had, and, you know, all the personal accolades and, and you know, the, the few amount of trophies. I, I, you know, I really do believe when people say things like winning one for Roma is like winning 10 for Real Madrid. That, um, you know, so as he's walking around the, the stadium, I'm like, I really wish I would have soaked it in. I really wish 
I'd have prepared myself for this particular moment. Yeah, um, it, it was it was tough to watch. Uh, certainly, uh, you felt them. Uh, I was watching it on my phone, and just it, it was tough to watch. So after that, uh, he does a couple things, guys. He kicks a soccer ball into Curvasud. Uh, everyone's fighting over that. Uh, also gives his armband to the youngest captain in Roma's, uh, basically their farm system uh, the, in the youth teams. And then we get to the speech, guys. And so uh, he says a lot of things in this speech. It's funny. It's tearful. All the other Roma guys are watching him with tears. Um, uh, what did you guys think uh, of his speech at the end of, uh, uh, of the ceremony? Man, the one thing that really killed me inside was when he uh, when he said, you know, like, you guys have to forgive me for being quiet, you know, for the last, you know, the recent times uh, about this issue, you know, but as, as the time came near, I, I became scared and, you know, I, I, I need you guys now, like you've always needed me. And I just thought to myself, man, you know, like there's been so many rumors, there's been so much drama with the whole Spalletti thing. And it's like, yeah, man, it's like, We've been greedy, you know. I mean, you say like take for granted, you know, but I also think we we've, we've been greedy, you know. It's like he, this is a forty-year-old man who's given everything, you know, to this team, and it's like this guy instead of you know all this negative press around, you know, is he being pushed out? Is Paletti doing? You know, all this stuff. Here's a guy who you know to the core is just a boy you know he was a boy when he started playing soccer and he was a boy all the way through living his dream and that's another thing you said he's like you know now it's time to grow up and it's just look man all that stuff is just amazing it's freaking choking me up and uh i was just amazing he gave an amazing speech i was really impressed well definitely had shades of lou gehrig to it um i guess my whole part my favorite part about the whole speech the highlight for me was him kind of pacing around. He's unable to stand still. And I know there's a little bit of showmanship playing to the crowd, but like while he's doing that kind of, he's giving his career from his perspective that we all look at him as the, you know, the Re di Roma, the God of Rome, you know, the, this, this larger than life figure. And he puts it into perspective that, yeah, when I came and started playing here, I was a kid, I was a boy. And my whole life has been Roma, and now it's over. And I think that that kind of personal touch, that that personal account from him, from his perspective, seeing him humanize. Because I mean, he he even said he hardly ever talks. Like, how many times do you ever really listen to Francesco Totti talk? Never. I think this is the most I've ever heard him speak. Outside of just kind of platitudes in a, in a post game interview, I mean, he lets his play speak for himself. So, you know, to just kind of humanize it and see it from his perspective was my was my favorite thing. I, I think we all kind of zeroed in on the same thing. I, the the part of now I'm scared. The part uh, he doesn't know what's coming next, and that's worrisome. He's been with the club since he was a kid. Every day, in and out, his city, his club, he's been with them. So uh, he he. Again, the perspective he said in the in the speech, with you by my side, I will surely be able to turn the page and to begin a new adventure. I, I just an awesome speech, absolutely yeah. awesome. Today, speech. I consider myself to be the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Really, it did have uh, some some elements of that too. So, wrapping up, uh, just what Toti means to you guys individually. Just, I mean, Tad, you said it's only been ten years, but. I certainly have memories of, of Toti learn, learning about the club and and uh, in Italy too. Um, favorite memory of Toti? Man, you know, guys, I've been playing my whole life, and my dad used to have you know videotape cassettes. I mean, I I've seen Toti my whole life. He's been my hero, and you know what's funny is I think my favorite man memory was last year against that. Torino in that Torino game yeah when he came back when he comes on and scores two goals in like what was it like 60 60 seconds or something like that and the reason why that one stands out so much and you know it wasn't a huge you know they didn't win anything because of it but it was like here's a guy who just lets you dream like that's what he does uh despite 
you know, all all the things going against him, age or, you know, he getting subbed on at the end of the game and, you know, the, the team playing poorly, he comes on and scores two goals against Torino to get the result, to keep the dream alive for Champions League qualification. And, you know, it's just an embodiment of what he did to this team. And he just allows you to dream. Like when you don't think it's possible, that's that's what he does. And it's just, I don't know why it's going to burn through my memory. I know there's been a lot of other things and goals that he's done, different things that probably are more impressive. But that just stands out to me right there. I, I uh, got to go back to 2006 as uh, an Italian national team player for him. That was the year after I came back from my time in Italy uh, as a student. Um, and I just remember thinking, like, that's that guy plays for my club team, too. And that was just a cool kind of moment, you know, just like Totti. He, he's a big face in, in uh, uh, the Italian national team in the World Cup, the one in which they won the World Cup. Uh, and he's also the captain of my favorite club team. So um, that's it for me. For me, there are two big Toti memories. Uh, I mean, obviously, there, there's so many. Um, and, you know, who Toti was, to me, was, you know, the guy that's on the mural in Monti. Like, this guy that I remember, the, the, within the first week of Rome, I saw the mural of him on the wall and the reverence that was paid to it, and then walk down the street and see, you know, him him being hung in effigy in an OTFR neighborhood. That just, like, he, he rose above that, like... I always tell people they're like, well, who's this Francesco Totti guy? When I lived in Rome, I'd be like, the guy, the guy could be elected king tomorrow. Like even with even with a lot of the people in the city, you know, hating his team and him being the embodiment of it. For me, t- the two Totti moments, um, the first one has to be the uh, penalty he had against Australia in the World Cup. That was right. Roma was out of season when I moved there. That I got started to watch soccer with. Uh, with that run of the uh, Azzurri, and I had a whole a ton of Australians on the tour, and so I went and watched this game, and there was a bunch of Aussies from my tour, and I was like, "Wow, you know, Australia showed up. Like Italy is touted as you know being so amazing, and you know a tournament favorite, and and Australia's just handing it to them." And say what you will about you know if there's a dive or whatever. I remember sitting there thinking when Totti started to take the penalty and people, everyone's like, look, dude, this is Francesco Totti. Like, he's the king of this city. And thinking about, you know, as an ex-athlete myself, like how alone and terrifying that must have been out there. And he was just the ice man. Just blasted it in. Italy goes through and they win. Um, and then the second one for me was the 2014-15, the January um, derby against OTFR, the 2-2 draw. And why that one is, is the, you know, the, the Toti selfie game. And that goal he scores on the back post, diving in at 38 years old. What made me think about that one was, is I just could not accept in my life that result. I could not accept that we were going to get beat by OTFR in the Derby again. It's just, I was out completely outside the realm of possibilities. It was one of the first derbies we watched together. Um, as Roma Club, and you know it, it, the guy that comes and saves it just puts it on his back, and the guy that you know makes a draw seem like a win, and the guy that you know saved me from that heartache was you know was was Francesco Totti at 38 years old, flying in like friggin' Superman and scoring a goal in the most dynamic way you could possibly score a goal that any striker in the world would have reverence for. So for me, now that's what I think about Toti with his games. Always going to love him. Uh, I just, we should say thank you, man. Thank and not you. to mention the fact that he played 25 years just for Roma. Yeah, right. Like, His beautiful hair too. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, Francesco Toti. Thank you so much. Uh, with that, I mean, it was an emotional day, but we do have to mention his future, right? Of just where he's going to go from here, which leads to the question, was he forced out? Look, you know, it's tough. Uh, I, I think that Spalletti, again, did a good job overall this season, made a bunch of mistakes, made a lot of mistakes with Totti. I mean, there was a way to, you know, see him out, but not force him out. Um, you know, I, it was sad to see at the end of the season, like, uh, he could have easily gone in. 
I'm just saying, like, if it would have done been done smoother, I think Totti could have gotten the tribute that he deserved at different stadiums. Um, you know, could he have played an extra year? Maybe. You know, I mean, like, yes, he could have played an extra year, but effectively, you need to Roma needs to move forward. You know, I think that's been one of the issues with Rome as a city in general, maybe, and you know, just maybe the team too, like it's time to move forward, you know, like we need to move on. And Totti, as much of a legend as he is and as much of a hero as he was to me, you know, he takes up a lot of the limelight. You want big players to come into the team and play second fiddle to a player who's 40 and who's not even playing all the time. Um, You know, again, it's time to move forward. And um, was he forced out? It's it's never going to be known until somebody... You know, comes out and right, says set it. Tell all, but. Right, right. Well, I mean, you know, there's there's so much drama behind that question, and that's the one that's been ringing, you know, around, uh, you know, the last week or so. I mean, Casey Dutoti's done a lot of really good, extensive work, you know, you know, covering this from a lot of different angles. You know, t- what's forced out? I mean, d- you know, did they did they grab a broom and sweep him away from you know the the, the front steps of the stadium, or did they just say, hey, look? Francesco, you might want to come back one year, but there's no place for you on this team anymore. And that's what I think happened. And I, to me, I don't consider that forced out because if we're talking about any other player or any other you know, sport or any other city, the management always makes that decision. I mean, and, and to me, you know, father time always wins. And we can look back now and Toti at 40 and tell you know, our kids and tell people that like at 40, he was still good. You know, he was making four key passes in 37 minutes and his last one going out, you know, Kobe Bryant had that 60 point game, but it was a sham. People were letting him shoot all he wanted. And, you know, you see guys like Peyton Manning even goes out with the Super Bowl is a shell of himself. Yeah. So I'm much happier seeing, Francesco Totti walking around the Olympico in a game he played the second half for, for for a team that just won second place in a dramatic fashion than watching him tear his ACL. Yeah, I, I uh, think it's the an impossible question for competitors uh, at that level. Thing, Muhammad Ali comes to mind who held on too long and paid for it. Derek Jeter walked away, but there was contract negotiations that were brutal for the fans. Um, you know, there's a lot of stories like that, um, that just when you hang them up, it's a tough question. So, you know, when it comes to Spalletti, I thought he had a press conference today and I thought some of the quotes were very telling and, and I give him a lot of credit, man. Um, the, the big quote I want to give him is that he felt like he behaved with consistency for the team and the club. And I think as a manager, that's what you want at the team at the top. If we wanted Francesco Totti, admittedly Il Re di Roma, the king of Rome, to run the, the club, the starting lineup, uh, the substitutions, that doesn't sound like a club to me. That just sounds like Francesco Totti gets to do whatever he wants, and that may not be the best thing for Roma. Uh, and so I thought Spalletti at the helm was put in a very tough situation. Maybe he could have done things differently particularly with the substitutions but uh i think he the the quote of he behaved consistently for the team and for the club is fair and i give him credit for that because it was a tough situation so with that in mind we'll see where spalletti ends up we'll also see where francesco totti ends up uh there was there's already video of him cutting a cake at his party will he continue to play guys what do you think you think he's going to move on to another team no way man It'd just be blasphemy. That's all I have to say about that. I'd give him one year at Manchester United. Sorry, at, at not Manchester United, DC United. Just, just so I can, you know, go and, and Marco and I can be that that bridge friend that he needs. But no, you're, you're. I think that you know, there's talk of him going to Miami. There's talk of him, you know, going and playing one more season somewhere else. I think he would have to be some second tier team like Miami, where he's basically like a retirement contract. I don't even see like. Galaxy, you know, LA Galaxy wanting wanting him anymore. I think once you know he gets some time to step away and think about it, he's going to want to be known as a guy who only played for Roma. 
I, yeah, I don't think it's the worst thing uh, if if he goes and and does something else. But uh, if he does end up going, I hope it's uh, fitting for someone like Francesco Totti. He does not belong in the NASL, in my opinion. It better be an MLS team, and they better show him the respect that he deserves, even at age forty. Um, so we'll see. Uh, it would be cool to see him here in the states, just just for that reason. But uh, we, we will see what he ends up deciding. So we'll leave it there, guys. Uh, An emotional day for sure. Uh, We're going to take a break after all that Toti news and uh, get get to the rest of the league and and just just to everyone else now. (laughs) Yeah, to everyone else and and of course Crotone because the emotions continued uh, on Sunday. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. All right, guys, so... It's fitting that Francesco Totti and Roma got most of the headlines and most of the time this week. We are a Serie A podcast, so we're going to run through the rest of the games, but pretty much all the the teams are settled in. We all know who's in Europa. We all know who's finishing Champions League. Just a little surprise at the end, which we've already talked about, but we'll experience and and be uh, very celebratory about at the end. Until we get to that game, let's run through, guys, starting first with Sampdoria and Napoli. Yeah, and uh, at the time, obviously, Napoli was fighting for that second-place Champions League spot, guaranteed spot, because they still are able to get the playoff in. I think they'll be in good shape if they keep their team. They scored four goals, and uh, no surprises here, guys. Goals from Mertens, Insigne, Hamsik, and Callejon. They've scored 62 of the 94 goals collectively, and... Look, you know, there's nothing more you can say. They've gelled super well this this season. Mertens gets his 28th of the year, just one behind Jekyll, really keeping the pressure up until the last game. There's one game, one goal that I do want to talk about, and it's that Insigne chip. I think that was his very own homage to Dotti. I think that was his way of doing that. Mertens, an amazing season. We'll talk more about him next week, but he's not even a center forward until January and rips that many goals this season. Absolutely amazing. All right, moving on, guys. We got OTFR playing Crotone. We're going to save that one for last. So our fifth-place team, we've got Atalanta and Kievo. 1-0 Atalanta. You know, you get the Bailo, Come El Papu one last time. He scores a goal, has 16 on the season. That tiny little man. Atalanta's got to do everything in their power to hold on to them. They dust off the flying donkeys, get their wings clipped yet once again. See what happens with Frank Kessie and the rest of the squad. Seem like he's already in a Napoli uniform, sorry, in a Milan uniform right now, having a medical this week. All right. Atalanta needs to hold on to all their players. They got, they got, they have Europa League next year. Go hold on to a significant fourth place, which if this season were next season would mean Champions League, but this year it just means Europa. All right. Up next, we've got the Atalanta of the future in Milan. They played Cagliari, and this one finished 2-1. Yeah, and Milan, you know, they're counting the minutes to the end of the match so they can start getting ready for next season, and they somehow managed to lose in the last minute. But look, a couple uh, of big signings this week between Montella and, uh, and Mustacchio from Villarreal. We'll see who else they pick up and uh, add to their squad next season. The other team from Milan, Inter, took care of business against Udinese. They scored five goals on them. This one finished 5-2. Definitely going to be interesting uh, to see if Inter becomes the new Torino and uh, gets all of Roma's old directors, old players, old old coaches. Um, Sabatini's already there. 
Spalletti in the mix, Manolas. Uh, it just never ends. So we will see and talk about that next next week. Presumably there'll be more uh, things uh, decided for Inter's future. Udinese's side, they get their coach for one more year. Uh, they've got Del Neri locked up as of today. And uh, so Udinese, building for the future. We shall see. They, they finished strong down the, down the stretch for like an 11th place. Yep. Up next, Sassuolo and Torino. This one finished 3-5. Torino, hang a big number on Sassuolo. Torino, where has this been all season? Uh, we talked about the disappointment they are. Belotti has a goal and two assists in this one. He's got a lot of Premier League teams sniffing around looking for him. But big news uh, for Torino is that Joe Hart looks like he's definitely out, which I guess we the podcast can say maybe is for the best considering his performances he put out. Di Francesco. The Sassuolo coach looks like he's next in line for sure to take over Roma. Maybe Berardi is coming with him as well. That would be a great transfer rumor. That would be a great transfer reality because Berardi is dirt friggin' nasty. So the question is going to be, if Dave Francesco's out, who's going to be in for Sassuolo? But for this one, Sassuolo end their season with a wah, 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 and lose this one three to five. All right, speaking of wah, 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 we've got Pescara and Fiorentina. This one finished with a 2-2 draw. Fiorentina dominated this game, but uh, only managed to tie Pescara at the last minute. Yeah, and Pescara, they just grab onto the last bit of glory uh, in being in Serie A. Uh, they'll be in Serie B next season with Zeman. Uh, so good luck, Delfini. We're going to make making jokes about you. And uh, Fiorentina, man, clean it up. Yeah, seriously. Which gets us to the end of the podcast and what we've all been waiting for for Crouton Nation. Our whole lives. It it happened, guys. It happened. Crotone beats OTFR 3-1 to one in a game where the South shall rise again. A little ode to Atlanta there and gone with the wind. But the Pythagoreans do the incredible and stay up in Syria after this one. Can't believe it. I just absolutely perfect. Even me, who was on the bandwagon, just hey man, wouldn't it be great? That's kind of what I was thinking. The fact that they actually pulled this off is incredible to me. But I got to be honest, guys, too much emotion for one day from soccer on a Sunday. We got Toti first, and then I'm biting all my fingernails off with Crotone, watching both their game and the Empoli game going on simultaneously. And they're playing OTFR. Yes, so clearly rooting for them. But uh, got to give it to them for their run in the past nine weeks, guys. What do you think? There is no way. There is no way I would have put any amount of money going into the winter break that Crotone would rip off nine weeks like this and stay up in Syria. I mean, sorry, Empoli, who lose to Palermo to go down, a already relegated Palermo, can't hold on to a nine-point lead over the last nine weeks. Yeah, uh, that that felt pretty close to the turning point, but just you could see them kind of figuring out how to make a Syria run here in the last nine weeks. Credit to them. It's, it's been a ton of fun. Uh, their coach, Nicola, has apparently promised the players that he's going to bike ride all the way back to Turin, uh, up in Torino. And so we got that to look forward to. For this podcast, though, guys, we're looking forward to my next jersey purchase because I'm living up to that. If Crotone stayed up, I'd be buying a jersey. The only question is whether I buy this year's version or... Crotone's 2017-2018 version. God knows what color their away jersey <laughs> yeah. will look at that point. But I just, real quick, we have to touch upon the run they made. Because they didn't just get a lucky break with the schedule at the end of the season. They became Super Saiyans, starting with the win in Kievo. And then ever since then, they take Inter down. They tie Torino. You know, and then they get some results, uh, you know, against teams like Sampdoria, Pescara, Udinese, which, you know, those are all good, solid wins. They tie Milan and, you know, okay, they lose to Juventus, but you got to give them that. Ain't no shame in that game. And then they beat OTFR in the last game of the season. OTFR, who, by the way, was in good form towards the end of the season there. So, you know, complete hats off to them. David Nicola, I mean... I don't know if he's going to stay or not, because when you do stuff like that, man, you should be the 
Barcelona head coach the next year. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you look at some of these results though in the, the second half of the season, they did beat Kievo twice this year. I mean Kievo ish. But you know, they're they're beating teams that waxed them out. I mean, like Inter beat him three zero, and they come back and they take them. So I mean, the, the improvement shown from from in the last nine weeks of the season compared to every other time they played this season. I mean, they mustered what one, two, three wins up until that point, and these guys just all of a sudden. I mean, steroids, steroids, <laughs> and Chris. You gotta get this year's jersey, man. Not only is it probably gonna go on sale, well, maybe they sell out, but you're gonna get you're gonna get be able to get that commemorative, you know, sixteenth place or seventeenth place Syria A jersey, man. Yeah. Highest highest they've ever finished in the Syria. Yep, gotta love it. They get out of uh, the danger zone on the last day, the day that it matters. So congrats to Crouton Nation. You have a fan. Here in the States, I'm hoping that your popularity grows. Just enjoy every minute of it, guys. Kudos. Empoli, on the other hand, who goes down 2-1 to Palermo and to, to go down and just how we were trashing them almost the whole season for being absolutely awful. Did you see their ultras went abs? They just went crazy. Yep, they I would crazy. be too. If this happened to Roma or, or a club I support, I, I'd be furious. They, they were the bully that was waiting for them, you know, outside of the bike racks after school. They were waiting for them in the training ground. They got back. Apparently, they are accusing the coach and a lot of the players of, of throwing matches at the end of the year. I don't know what they would gain for, you know, wanting to go down to Sadia B. But a word to all not, uh, Empoli team and players. This wonderful mountain people from Tuscany who I've been glorifying all season long say to their team, you'll pay for this. Yep. So that'll do it, guys. Uh, Credit to Crouton Nation. Sucks to be an Empoli fan. But that wraps up week 38 in the Serie A, and it wraps up our season. So it was a lot of fun. We're going to, we know that we talked a lot about Francesco Totti and Roma uh, this week, but if you're not a Roma fan, Cut us some slack. It's it's uh, artistic liberty. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's our our icon, our emblem, uh, who's retiring. So this week was a little Roma heavy. We understand that. Next week we will break down every single team uh, with with more uh, uh, detail. With with more uh, uh, time given to each specific team. So until then, guys. Thank you, Francesco Totti. Congrats to Roma. Congrats to Crotone. Until next week, when we break everybody else down, we say... Mrs. Ross and Mrs. Charla, write and comment. Andrea Vederci. Ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao. Numero 10, Francesco. Totti! Totti.